So did you, why, why even tattooing? Was it just like watching LA Inc? How'd you even get the access to want to do it? No, I mean that I honestly always had an interest in the first, like, I just didn't know how the hell to get into it. And when I met Jojo is when it was like the first intro to like, to get it, like the, the first door opening. Cause like, even when I had like walked by, what was the, the first tattoo shop I had walked into was Cocopelli Inc. and Southgate. And it was just, it's a different style of tattoo, to tattoo shop in general. It was just that black and gray. It was a bit more hood. It was just like, what do you want? Like, it's just, it wasn't my thing on the walls. Like I just, it was the same, same stuff that I saw. Like, rather if it's just like black and gray single needle work and stuff like at that time i didn't i wasn't care, didn't care for that i was like looking at punk rock bands and just wanting to get skulls or reapers or something yeah so was your intention just to do like punk rock tats like logos and stuff or what did you think for me and yeah as like just wanting to do what i wanted to do what i saw now i still kind of think about it as also like in genuine just like a connection with someone but also to finish a project from beginning to end was always big to me like there's i feel like there's a satisfaction in it just completing something just something in general mm. but and when getting into tattooing i just fell in love with the like the moment i just like got the first door in because i didn't even know like tattoo styles until i was tattooing those styles i just like tattoos like i think now people like come in i mean but it sounds like you had a little bit of that too because you you were kind of prepared and you had different styles you'd try to do so were you reading tattoo magazines like how are you aware for sure yeah definitely had some magazines and the like i saw like i saw traditional i just didn't know like how to design it at all mm. like the traditional i was drawing at the time was like almost like overly detailed trying to put every little trick into it instead of not knowing just to like step back and just let a design sit on its own like almost like um what do i say just to not over not overwork the design just mm-hmm. to like allow it just to be as like strong as it is so after you meet your homie and you kind of get an introduction kind of like get a chance to walk in with a portfolio what happens from there they threw me to the fire <laughs> that was just like all right well we're gonna have you start and everything the first day i started i don't remember the uh the exact year it was what 20 how long were you watching tats before you started making tats Oh, dude, over a year. I didn't. Oh, okay. They, yeah, right. I didn't like. They didn't just hand me a machine. They just. They were just like, all right. Well, it was a two floor setup. I didn't even get to see the tattoo room. The first day was Friday the thirteenth, hmm. so I had to just deal. I learned paperwork for sure that day. So your first day was was Friday thirteenth. Friday thirteenth. Yeah. That's that's hectic. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like I didn't like I said I didn't even get to even really talk to any of the tattooers. I was just doing so much paperwork. There was just so many people in that day. That's good though, because if you can't, that's. That's a, I like that. Like, like I think everyone's every, every apprentice's first day should be that day just dude, to scare them away a little bit. It, you know? Yeah. It was overwhelming. I don't know how many like people had to deal with just getting them all set up. Not only that, the stencil, the design, and just like, all right, well, you're going to sit right here just managing everyone. It was just like, you're just, that's quick immersion though. Like yeah. you'll, you'll know how to set up after that day. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Damn. And it was just there for, it was there for, like I said, like about two years. It just, it didn't work out like those are those ownership change like the like before when i was there it, it was called just deadly tattoo like it had already gotten switched from the name monkeys to go to just deadly hmm. and then a few no i wouldn't say a few down that's their own thing but something happened in between that and it became crimson moon tattoo wait so the shop that you learned at went to three shop changes in the time of that what, so no 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 so like uh monkeys to go was already like a thing of the past 
and mm-hmm. then just deadly came in mm-hmm. and then i came into it when it was just deadly okay yeah but like i had just known about that place since monkeys to go because everyone used to buy their well, like their shoes their boots their shirts it was just all like the like one of like the punk stores around the area oh and they made like tattoos in it yeah there was that back room that had like some people tattooing and then they switched it over to just deadly that sounds sick when I, we used to have it a, was a big ass spot it was massive it was used it used to be like a old like theater or something so hmm. there's just like this long hallway of just like apparel they even like subleased the front to like a whole clothing company so they had like like dog pile jeans manic panic bullet belts stuff like all that. that stuff all that stuff we had an, we had a, did you did you ever come to electric chair out here there was one in huntington for a while i think i did actually that one sounds so familiar it was called yeah. off the mall and there was like cnc ride shop which is like kind of broy, like skateboard shop and then there was uh electric chair and it was basically that but they did piercings there. My buddy Evan Burke apprenticed for piercing there. Uh-huh. And then there was uh, Sounds Like it was a record store, and there was Deluxe, which was like a punk rock kind of thrift store. And it was called Off the Mall, and I used to go and spend my allowance there and kind of <laughs> like kick it out front, you know? Exactly. So that's cool, man. I could see I could see that being an easy... Wow, okay. If like, I... I would definitely say, like, yeah, my entrance into it, like, I'm extremely lucky. A lot of people have a harder time getting into it, probably deserve it even more better than I. More but than that I... gives you that gives you access or, like, a peek behind the curtain because you can go into the store because I want to be a body piercer, and I was really mm-hmm. into that, and there was literature was kind of, you're kind of in the piercing shop, but you're not kind of old enough kind of ish. And, <laughs> and I think, like, you know, if tattooing is going down in there, like, sounds like what's going on there, it kind of gave you, like... Uh, that, in... little, that little itch that intrigued into it. And, like, growing up like my parents were always like against it mm. like just literally my dad would like rub off the spider-man tattoos that i got from the fucking cereal boxes and shit right <laughs> like, so so then after that shop you were there for a little bit what happened then so uh, me and the owner just at that time we had a falling out mm-hmm. um i didn't see we weren't seeing eye to eye on things i even before i even left the shop i went around to every single tattooer i didn't want anyone to think that i was just like i'm just leaving you guys right like, fuck that like fuck you guys or something i was like i don't know what's happening i don't know what's going on but uh, this is like i need to figure out to see i just want to make sure i'm not like leaving on bad terms with anyone and everyone got to the point where it was just like dude we honestly surprised that you haven't left already mm. like there was a print though like i was also one out of three apprentices at that point uh, at a certain point it was kind of was it kind of like an apprentice factory they're just letting everyone kind of try out or what uh to us i wouldn't say it's a, a really an apprentice fact they had an apprentice there that was there for a long time she's doing her own thing happy i'm happy for her and so was the literally the other apprentice too like i got along with i got along both with both of them at the time though i think we were probably all butting heads because we we're like all rushing to just fucking break down someone without getting yelled at or something mm. like it was just like we're all fighting for the same position. We don't know who's going to get it type of weird like scenario. Oh, so was there a battle? Like did not everyone or just who could was, outlast? I mean, what was the expectancy? Are they all going to tat there afterwards? Like how's that work? Yeah, exactly. It's like, we don't, we didn't know. And like, we know for damn sure there wasn't enough room for all three of us. So like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then there was this one tattooer at the time when he told me this, I was kind of pissed off, but looking back and I was like the one piece of advice that he probably gave me was true. It's just like looking at me, he was like laughing at me in the middle of like a good moment with everyone. He's just like, you really think you're going to stay here for the rest of your career? And he, I was just like looking at him. I was just like, oh, like I was just laughing, having a good time. I was like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? And it's, I mean, it's honestly true. Like even that guy who even said it, he's already quit tattooing. I'm not there at that shop anymore. Shit changes. I didn't like, and then jumping around from a couple shops, I just realized that you do have to leave home at the, after a certain point. So where, so is that? 
kind of when you met Joe Truck after that? Yes. Um, when I I had left when I left the shop, I spoke to everyone at Just Deadly, just saying that I wasn't what I was gonna do, and I was trying to leave. I was trying to get a hold of the owner, and he was kind of like dodging me a bit. And straight up, I uh, just took my stuff at one point. And when he came back, he just thought he assumed that I just stole some stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I got 86 from the shop. It was a little bit of drama. I was like, dude, this is my toolbox. This is like my shit. I'm just taking it with me. That's How old it. were you at this time? 21. Mm-hmm. I had just became I, because mm-hmm. I turned 21 in my apprenticeship. And the most I got to do for my birthday was go get everyone beer. Yeah. That's <laughs> Including myself. Well, just maybe Humble. one. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I was already used to it at that point. It was it was the only thing I had going on. Like I had lost the girlfriend that I was with for uh, not even crazy long, but like a month into that. Mm-hmm. So I just made it my life. I not to be a dick, but like I did fucking fuck. I fucked off of everything else mm-hmm. and it just became everything for me. But that's, that's what it's about. You know, you kind of have to, it that. consumed me. And honestly, I, the light, I like the way it did after that. I, that's when I, that's when I met Joe truck and he just like, he took me on enough to a point. Like he, he told me flat out, like, I'm not going to keep you at Ace of Hearts here in San Pedro, but I want to see if you get to a point to just be able to wa- be able to be a walk-in tattooer. And I put you in my shop in downtown LA and you could just do a bunch of like tourists and stuff like that. Hmm. So, it was kind of like he had, when he had a bunch of shops, right? Still oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's got a couple of shops. He's at got, that time, he had what he, he had, had three, huh. he had, at least as far as I know. If he had Magic Cobra in New York, mm. he had Ace of Hearts in San Pedro at that time, and he had Crimson Unicorn in downtown LA. Trip out. So, yeah, when I, I went, I, as soon as I finished up, like he was like, okay, like I, I think you're good enough to at least take in some walk ins. That's when I uh, started working in Crimson Unicorn in downtown LA, and that one's downtown LA is a trip. <laughs> Is it hectic? Is it what you think down? If I if I think of downtown LA, is it that? No, it's it's like the opposite end of what you're probably thinking. Unless you just know the area and you know it's shitty, especially fifth. I think <laughs> I think like the the dystopia aftermath cover. <laughs> Dude, we used to be. Uh, we were located on Fifth in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Yeah, right across the street from Kinetti Saloon. At that time, I was sober for like I'd been sober for like three years. Mm-hmm. Um. And there was a security guard that I would hang out with outside of Keenetti Saloon, and he named it uh, the Gateway mm. because we would stand outside and just like watch everyone after work, just like just seeing every the regulars pass by doing their thing, and then we would just see like straight up like Walking Dead status, like Damn. Skid Row across the street from us, and people are just like walking around like zombies practically, and it's just it's just the wild. There's just something always going on. How do they how do they wrangle downtown LA? I had a friend who had a he they had don't. like. <laughs> Well, all right. So I think so. All right. My buddy had a can't had a photo studio and like arts district and it was like no one walking on the street. It was almost dead. Everything was fancy. But he said that the the crazy security on that neighborhood, but a block away, it was fucking the walking dead. And is that what it is? They just have private security just on it, like wrangling them in one area. Like is some blocks bad, some blocks good. How do they do it? Oh, no, not even there's it's regulating itself. Like if anything, that security guard just regulating that building or that entrance. But even the art district, it's pretty fucking shady around there it's cutty there's like no like you're just like little tokyo art district downtown la at least where it starts Mm -hmm. the right out what is by the regent yeah everything in between that just skid row and just everything's just kind of like filtering outward just like going everywhere were you living down there no 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 no. i was i I had been traveling from downey to san pedro back and forth and then from downey to downtown la Mm. everywhere was going back and forth from downey i'm 
speeding up a little bit. Like I moved to Long Beach when I was working at Ace. Like this was only a couple years back, but going back to like downtown LA, yeah, that one, it was it was always interesting. Something was going on. It was just seemed like lively, but just dirty as fuck. Like no one's. Well, really... That's a way to like break in the industry. For exactly. Sure. Like it was like I was. I was tattooing people from like just all over the place. I remember having my first like I called them like the Golden Goose. Like I had this family that came in. They were from like Norway, mm. and they were just like talking to me. We're like, "Whoa! Like how much is a rose? How much is a pinup? How much is a ship?" And I'm just telling them, just like I'm just starting off. I'm like, "Oh man, I'll give away a pinup for this. I'll do a rose for this." I'm like, "What? What? What? Mm-hmm. Like we had to pay like eight an arm and a leg when we were in Norway." So they ended up coming back to me just doing like five tattoos i tattooed the, the the wife i tattooed the husband i tattooed the mom and they were so cool like i got to meet so many different people and then this one guy from australia and then like people from all over the place but it was always cool stuff just to like it was always more or less like logos and names it wasn't really anything custom so it did its job that's what he exactly there exactly for. it was kind of like almost like i'm gonna send you to hollywood and you just just crank out a bunch of like pinterest tattoos just get used to it get comfortable and it cha- it changed after a while like things weren't going well at the downtown lace uh, shop or to the point where he ended up selling it and that's when things started just changing a lot quicker like i won't go into detail as far as that shit happening it got a little dark but the new owner just he wasn't a tattooer so then that's that's what brought you so back you the- i went mm. i ended up going back to san pedro like after that, I literally had to like pack up my shit one day. Like, told the owners, like, yeah, I'm I'm done with this. I'm not dealing with this crazy shit that just went on with you in your life, and you're spewing it into the shop. I'm like, I'm done with this. So back to Ace of Hearts. And I went back to Ace of Hearts in San Pedro. At that time, he was already transferring it from San Pedro to Long Beach, downtown mm, Long Beach. Okay. So right when I got there, he was um. He hired um, Dylan Tyler. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. I knew there was. A, so yeah, I obviously know Cole and Dylan yeah. and you. So there was like that. That to me, I'm not there, but I'm like that's a golden <laughs> crew right there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, dude, the, Cole did go immediately to Long Beach, and we were kind of bummed that we were just like it somewhat felt like oh we're just kind of getting left behind, but like it wasn't like I was like I get it. Like I'm not like at that level to be going over there yet. I'm like that's fine. Like I'll I'll work here. I'll do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. And he gave us a rare opportunity, at least I think, where he was just straight up. He was just like. Hey, you guys stay here. I'll, I'm gonna hire some new guys, but you guys are my main guys, and you guys get to rename the shop. No way. Yeah, and oh. me and me and Dylan were talking about it, and we just we kind of came up with it just like similar right off the bat. It didn't even take long. Like, dude, like, what if we just go off the fucking street name, Channel Street? I mean, come on, Channel Street tattoo. How oh, fucking hard can it be? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I was just like, dude, it's just it sounds good, and you know, it's where it's at. You, and especially, it's right next to that skate park was a Channel Street skate park. Oh, so, I love like blatantly local. Exactly, stuff. and I thought that was just perfect just for it, and it worked well for a minute. We got along great. The business there was just bad. It's just industrial area, the entire the entire area. No one's walking around there. If someone walks in, they knew they were coming to a tattoo shop. Mm. So it was like that for a minute. And um, same thing just kind of reoccurred where he moved up north and just started opening up another shop. And he, wanted, he just ended up selling San Pedro location to one of our coworkers. But it just it just got really mixed up. Like he, it was one of our coworkers that was a tattooer, but he got the money from his roommate, 
and it just started getting intertwined and just like yeah i know i know a bit about that story it seemed like it was a mess actually I'm, yeah i remember uh, yeah. yeah you actually had that whole situation yeah. <laughs> united went but, but yeah that, yeah but that was that was the beginning of the end of that yeah and then so then you were able to long beach was there so you were able to graduate right Yes, but I didn't get into Long Beach till years later. Huh? Where did you go yeah, from so Channel Street? When I when, when I was at San Pedro at Channel Street, yeah, I got into at, at the time I was seeing someone and she was working at Old Town Tattoo in Orange, mm. and she knew everything that was going on, like all the crap that was like changing, and I was already starting to guest spot over there, so I was like starting to get to know everyone a little bit, and um. Paul Reza took a chance on me. He knew the situation and the like me and me and um, Gloria were dating at the time. Yeah. And he did take a chance on it. Honestly, I didn't want him to. I didn't want to like backfire that because I know that could be always risky. And it worked. I mean, it worked for what it was, but it eventually just it changed a little bit where I was just like, OK, maybe this isn't the best fit. But being honest with that one, that one I did get fired for being a little drunk and acting up, <laughs> acting a little bit of a fool. That's funny. That's totally my fault. My bad, Paul. <laughs> it happens. It does. Yeah, it does. But it was just definitely learning from that. I was just like, you know what? I gotta. I can't be doing this kind of shit. Like driving drunk that like that. It's better to learn that young and then learn that later. You know. Oh, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I remember having to take one of the other guys' cars for one of our guest artists. He he's like, hey, go get me my food. Go get my food. I'm about to tattoo right now. I was like, all right, yeah, let me get your keys and everything. Did not mention they had a breathalyzer in the car. So I was just like freaking out when I didn't notice there's a giant beeping sound inside the car. I'm like halfway up this hill and just like I'm hearing it beep, 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 beep. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Whoa. And then I just had to get, grab the breathalyzer. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. And just, yeah, just little shit like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy. So what was, what, did he have like a court ordered like breathalyzer yeah. car? That's yeah, he had, a, yeah. At the, and at the time I, I didn't have my car at the time because I, I mean, I was, I had my DUI when I was 20. Yeah. So I didn't have my car. So I was borrowing either everyone else's <laughs> stuff damn. or I was walking around and getting all their shit and like their food, their fucking whatever it was. Yeah. All that. <laughs> so then, so you end up, so that's when you end up back at Ace of Hearts, but now it's the one with. Uh, no, not yet. damn, Actually, yeah. you got a fucking roller coaster. You, yeah, um, it, it, this is a real tat story. I'm, I'm for <laughs> it. Keep going, keep going. So after I like, I was working at Old Town. It was, it was going well. Honestly, that Old Town was very, very like. I felt like okay, this is a shop that just runs. It flows. There's people coming in. There's people tattooing. There's right. actually shit happening. Yeah, and. I'm, I messed things up with my relationship along with the owner and he, but like, that's just, that's on, it's, it's, that's on you and the owner. Like he took abs- a risk. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean, that yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't blame him for it. Like I probably would have done the same thing looking back. It's not a, if it's a win <laughs> and that, and then when the hat, it, it happened. It did. Yeah, it did. So when I left that shop, cause I hadn't, I had to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went back to ironically, all the people I was working with when I was apprenticing and Whittier at just deadly, a lot of them ended up moving to a shop called Infamous uh, Tattoo in Pico Rivera. Mm. Almost half the shop that I was working with at that time moved into that shop. Okay. So I started visiting them more often, and they straight up just like, dude, did you, if you want to come over here, it's like it, it'll be just like an easy fit. You know everyone already. Right. And it was, and it was like I was with my old mentor James White, and it was it was a good time. Like I had, like I think it was just comfortable to the point where I was just like, okay, now we can just like start trying different things drawing different things really start getting like p- 
pushing our limits of what's what we can do there was just that good vibe with everyone everyone's just trying to push like what their strengths are and that, that's what i liked about that shop as well is that not everyone was doing the same thing Very, everyone was kind of just branching off into their own thing more or less around traditional but their own thing mm-hmm. i still felt like i was far behind but i could see where it was going was there was there walk-in traffic at the shop very few mm. it was very few it was a bit hidden so we had and he told me straight up like it was like this isn't you got to bring your appointments here there's no one really walking around here it's the back of a corner of a plaza that no one really drives into all that but it did have a backyard so i did hang out there back a lot okay <laughs> so i was pretty chill got to draw out there smoke a little sometimes we shoot the apprentice with a bb gun it was kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to be on the other end of the bb gun right yeah, yeah. i think so and yeah, it wasn't, I didn't get back into Long Beach until honestly fucking after the pandemic. Whoa. Yeah. It was, it was a while. It took a while to come back. And it, I remember talking to, <sighs> for some reason I thought I had your story mixed up where I thought almost the other way around. I remember when you, I remember when you went to go work at that infamous shop, mm-hmm. but for some reason I thought it was like the other way. No, no, no. Yeah. I didn't get back into Long Beach until, well, until the Ace of Hearts in Long Beach until like after the pandemic. Hmm. me i was at i was at infamous that was one of the longer shops i think i was there for like close to three years okay yeah and pandemic hit people didn't know what the hell was gonna happen and then i didn't really agree with um some of the what the owner was doing Mm -hmm. just as far as like precaution and stuff like that was just like you know i don't i don't really know what's happening right now and i just started seeing the people were just dropping off like my mentor ended up hitting me up to say hey dude i just want to let you know it was really good working with you but i'm gonna be moving on and everything it was just so sudden and i was just like what's gonna happen next and i just felt like i needed like to change change my my location of where i was at and i just i actually went into like a little private studio for like about four months right just just to see what the hell was gonna happen i didn't know and it was literally like a closet. It was like a 121 square foot room. Yeah. And just trying to cram out whoever I could. I, I remember you even hitting me up saying just like, yeah. dude, what happened? Did you quit? Like, because I was yeah. off of social media for a year. And honestly, it was a fucking great year. But mm. I had some people hitting me up telling me, I was like, I thought you quit tattooing because you didn't post anything. I was like, like some some people did. I have a friend who I have a friend who I just talked to um, a couple of days ago who never he still doesn't tattoo really yeah and he was, he was tat- he started tattooing around the same time as me like 2000 and uh, like 10 11 or something like that like but he was um yeah and we worked together in hollywood and then um in the pandemic he kind of like took some time and then mm-hmm. he uh is a web developer now he's not oh, coming shit. back to tattooing shit i want to get him on the podcast but he doesn't want to do it he's a good fuck he's on instagram <laughs> he's totally past it like it's super bizarre yeah I just feel like it's like a lifetime. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's all I know. I can't think of anything else that's given me, honestly, like a bigger rush. <laughs> well, even this right now is still part that. of it. It's yeah. still part of it. Yeah. yeah that's one of the things. Like, I, I can't talk like almost to a regular person anymore. It feels like I'm almost I'm going too far into like a tattoo subject where they're like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? A nine? What are you talking about? A seven? What are you talking about? A 23 mag? I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just going way too much into right. this. I'm just like talking out of my ass right now. <laughs> So do you think the private studio thing kind of helped you or hindered you or was just a random chapter? No, it was I just think a funky it was transition? just, it was just, it was just a transition phase. Honestly, that I'm glad it didn't last long because it, it, it felt like honestly it pushed me away from tattoo and you gain everything else. Money was a little bit better. 
freedom was ultimately there and I was just able to do whatever I want. If I didn't want to be there, I didn't have to be there. But those and, are both things that like, if you're getting a tattooing for money, then you're not really going to get it. And then it's like, if you get exactly. it for freedom, it's like you don't get into any commitment for freedom or job mm-hmm. for freedom. Like you kind of, it's the opposite. It's the opposite what you need. Yeah. Because at the private city, it was just me. I didn't have anyone else around me. So as soon as my appointment left, I'm just looking around like, well, the hell do I do here now? Like, I don't even right. have room yeah. to like draw in here. So like, well, I'm just going to leave. Yeah, I, f- I felt that way too when I had like the hidden from you Corona in Burbank. I just kind of would just go to my appointments and leave. And then yeah. now I have hidden from you in San Diego, but I only go there once a week and I, I have the space with a friend. And so it's yeah. it's nice. You know what I mean? At it, least it, having someone in there. It's like a getaway. Something to bounce ideas off just to talk to. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like I'm guest spotting at my little show. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not every day. I would get, I want to like hang out with my boys. Exactly. So when I, when I was there, I was only there for like four months. And I, I started walking into back into Ace and visiting them and hanging out with them, like when I would finish my appointments mm-hmm. and just hang out. And, and Austin uh, at Ace, he just came up to me and just was like, dude, why don't you just work here? Right. <laughs> I was like, okay. you know, everyone here, you know, Joe loves you. So like, you know, you're good with everyone. Like, why don't you just come work here? <laughs> Was that was that a closer commute like to home at that point? No, fuck no. I was still in Downey. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I've been doing the trip to everywhere from Downey like yeah. this entire time, and I I was like, yeah, you're you're right, dude. Like, and on, and I started hanging when I started hanging out with them more. I started seeing Austin stuff. Um, he goes by Black Thumb Tattoo on Instagram, mm-hmm. but the way his style is is just I knew there was something there that like I could, I need to like be around more of like, I need more, I need to be around this more. Like, I need to see what's going to happen. Right. And it was, and it was that way for a good minute. We had a great time. Like even during the pandemic phase, like we had like appointment only in a way, but it was our straight up our little clubhouse. Right. We came in, did our appointments, try to do if another one, if we could. And if we didn't, then you stay and drank till like maybe three in the morning or something. Damn. <laughs> the, yeah. It was, it got a little wild at times. We didn't make it all the time, but it did happen from time to time. And yeah. The, the pandemic definitely changed that thing. It was just a big symbol of change. I think for everyone yeah. and every, it was like, it was a time of uncertainty from whatever mm-hmm. angle you looked at it. It it was a confusing time. People, that was the time to move, change things. It was a mover and a shaker. Exactly. Yeah. It felt, it felt like that. And I saw a lot of people just move. I just, it just like, it was just that feeling. Everyone needed to like do something. It was the longest one year. That was three exactly. years. It was like, I don't even count exactly. it. Like Unite and Win is, is like four years old. Like to basically like, I don't know, like it's about right now. I, mm-hmm. I, I got the shop in uh February, I was there for January and I got, I got the lease agreement in February and I kind of counted the opening in March, I guess, but we never really got to fucking open. Cause then a couple weeks later, everything was shut down and then, mm-hmm. and then it was rebuilding and changing remodeling. And then, and then it's the whole crew changed and then now it's a whole new thing. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in my first year and it's about to be four years. Exactly. That's what I, that's what it felt like to me. It felt like one stretched out year from like having a good time partying. Okay. Back to business and now we're just rolling with it. And next thing you know, we're c- creeping on 2023 yeah. and like shit just like started changing. And, um, I just, I don't know. I'm not really sure. It's just, I felt like things were just getting slow. Like, especially after that stimulus check era, like we were nonstop busy. And then once that year went by, it just started. Even though it was a time of uncertainty, it was certainly people had a lot of time. Yeah. And so everyone was doing really well. And then once things became back to normal, mm-hmm. like having a slow season again. Everyone got serious again. again. Yeah. People were just like, where's all the money? Where's all mm-hmm. go? Yeah. 
like and i just feel like at that point just like i did too i think i started my uh chess project during that time mm-hmm. was um people were just probably going like well i've always wanted that tattoo i never i don't know what's gonna happen next i should just get that tattoo <laughs> yeah that's a good point i think um I don't think it's any slower right now than it was before. I think, I think it's just what it was before. I I mean, I think there's, but then also there's a lot more tattooers, but there's a lot more tattooers, Mm -hmm. but I don't know for me tattooing right now, it feels like it kind of, yeah, but I don't know. Wasn't it always like, I mean, when I, when I first started tattooing, like having flash on the wall was a niche. So it's like, it's, it's changed, but it's the same. I just think it's a, I think I think we're gonna see a lot of this is negative. I'm, I think we're gonna mm-hmm. see a lot of shops go out of business in the next year, and we're gonna see a lot of tattooers quit. Oh yeah, and and it's gonna like it'll just level itself out, and it'll be a little more consistent for the people that stay in it. That's what I'm thinking is gonna happen. Yeah, to me it just feels like a lot of people are coming into this because they see it as a stepping stone into something else that they want to get into. Well, with the TikToks, like a get yeah. rich quick scheme, exactly. and they don't get rich quick, and it gets a little slow, and they just go back to retail and say, "Oh well." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. I've already seen a couple people just quit. I've seen a couple people go into like some other form of media or whatever it is, but it just seems like that now it's just so niche and almost like hobbyish where that's a great point hobbyish yeah where it's like if this if you care about this i want you to respect this as much as i'm not i'm not i'm not expecting everyone to just fall in love with it like i'm i would hope people do fall in love with it and respect it as much as they should because the person who's getting tattooed gives a shit about it but how could you have that value when you don't know like like i i think um I don't know. I'm becoming the grumpy old gatekeeper that I didn't understand when I was a kid. I'm okay with gatekeeping this. Yeah. But, like, you, but you didn't get it when you're on the other side of the gate trying to get in. Yeah. See, like I had, like I didn't had, I didn't have the hardest time getting in. Like I felt, like I said, I felt like I was lucky in it. I got Sounds a lot lucky of sh- for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I got a lot of shit for it in the beginning. And so, like from a lot of older tattooers, like I said, earlier, I wasn't heavily tattooed at the time and I can understand that I knew where my head was at, but they did not And that's fine, too. Mm. And they wanted to give me shit about it. Well, I'm just going to still just remember that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fine. Like, I mean, looking looking back on it, like it's probably easier to understand where they were coming from. Now yeah. that you're on this end of the thing. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be as far as like who's going to stay into it. In, inside this whole industry for from like getting into it now because now it just seems here's unreal. my here's my take i think that i think tattooing okay what i'm gonna say i think is super correct but also uh quick ad break from the alex holiday interview consider leaving with a souvenir something from me to you if you're a, a tattooer i got needles I'm fully stocked with the best needles money can buy from Unite Win Tattoo Supply, UniteWinTattooSupply.com. Or if you're just a if you're just a little Wayne fanatic, if you want a little Anthony Pimentel and Wayne Fregs in your life, consider leaving with the Tiny Bright Tattoo Book. We published that in 2017. Or if you just like black and gray, just bold, traditional, and you don't like color and it's not your thing, consider getting a Tiny Black Tattoo Book. 
Uh, also, me and Anthony Pimentel, this was 2016. Or if you want something a little artsy, something a little different, something kind of confusing to look at, something unique, consider entering at your own risk and getting one of these. There's only 100 of these made. I have 36 left. One run and done. This is the origin, son. And um, it's just got... I just basically started tearing apart an antique book and started just blasting my stuff over it. Everything from from line drawings to to some flash. There's a couple sheets in there to some photographs to like even a little little paw print from the man yourself. Um, this is a book that every time you open up, you'll see something new. I guarantee you. So that's for your coffee book or your. Uh, it's something to look at while you take a little poop when you're thinking about me. Or they want to slap your enemy. Or you want to consensually give your partner a little spanking. Consider picking one up. So, uh, yeah. WayneFrederickson.com for, you know, books and shirts and such. And uh, if you tattoo, and that's just not enough, consider UnitedMenTattooSupply.com. Get the best needles money can buy. Let's get back into the Alex Holiday interview. It's if tattooing is for everyone mm-hmm. and everyone is getting tattooed and everyone's doing tattoos, then there is no community. There is no leader. There is no industry. Tattooing is different in every space you walk into. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so it is whatever you want it to be, you know, like, um, it can be the person could be hosting a silent appointment. They could be mm-hmm. mean, they could be happy, they could be hot, they could be ugly, they could be funny, they could be weird. Whatever you want, you'll find it. Yeah. And I think tattooing has always been honest in that regard, where it's like, you know, you get a shitty tattoo as cheap. It's like, oh, yeah, it was, this tattoo sucks. It was 20 bucks. Like, well, it looks, it's, it yeah, looks it like was, a $20 yeah, tattoo. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, or like, you just kind of get the tattoo you deserve and you look back on it and you go, okay, yeah, I guess I kind of, you're like, oh, I just rolled the dice. It's like, well, mm-hmm. it looks like you kind of rolled the dice, you know, and, um, but with that being said, I think um, I think that tattooing is a subculture. So you were exposed to tattooing because you saw a heel tattoo on someone that was light and faded and you still liked it. Mm-hmm. And then you found out who did it, word of mouth, got the card, went to them, and it exceeded the expectation, right? And then, and then I think like now we only see like fresh photos of tattoos. Now we only see oh, like a lot of the clients have never seen the type of tattoos they like in real life. Mm-hmm. And they've never really healed a tattoo or had a tattoo or seen a tattoo, but they're purchasing this thing forever. They know nothing about. And I think that they have this preconceived notion that I think can be kind of damaging and dangerous. Like people getting hand tattoos that don't have tattoos are like, what yeah. is food? And it's like, well, if, if <laughs> that explained that a couple of times, yeah. like the and past two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's just like, I think there's a lot of people that are getting tattooed to probably shouldn't. And I don't know, but again, it's for everyone, right? Whatever. Um, Here's my take on it. Um, it was a subculture and then there's still subculture in this culture, but mm-hmm. I think it has now reached pop cultural level, right? It's very relevant, see, yeah. pop culturally relevant. So it's in pop culture of trends and trends are temporary. Tattoos are not. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I see a danger in that. I see a danger in lack of consequence. Like if your job does allow you to get the face tattoo, the tattoo shop does tattoo your face yeah. and then you have tattoo on your fucking face like i don't think that's really great on the tattooer side if i do the thing that i must not care about them i must not take my job seriously i'm an asshole i'm just doing it for money who cares right 
if I don't do it, then I'm pretentious. And I can't believe that like he wouldn't do it. And he's too good for it. Like it's my right to have a tattoo. I'm grown, blah, blah, blah. Like what yep. the fuck, you know, their judgment. So it's just, it's reached this crazy level. But what happens in this level is that the, the, when you have so much of it, the middle falls out. So mm. if you're a beginner tattooer, you're cheap, you're accessible, readily available. And if you've been tattooing, say, I don't know, five, five to 10 years, middle-class tattooer, yeah. you're good. You got one appointment a day. You got a couple appointments a day, do a walk-in. You can do mostly walks in the door, stuff you can't tattoo. You could talk it into your corner make it work your style, whatever. You, you know, you got your thing. You're doing well in this thing. The trick is that you never make it. Like whatever you did is done. It's gone. It, mm -hmm. Every day it starts over. It's not like you have like a, a tattoo game plan to get you here. And then you have the here and whether they earned it or deserve it, maybe it's TikTok, Maybe it's me on YouTube. Maybe it's someone's really good at their thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you have the top, right? Now the problem is when it slows down, when there's so many people doing tattoos. Now there's less, there's this famine situation, right? There's not enough to go around type yeah. thing. So, so I think what happens is when the middle's gone, say you're in the middle, you're not good enough or you don't have the clientele or have the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't have the, uh, influence to be able to charge that price or yeah. tattoo like that. You're here. You can't be booked up. You can't, you're not busy. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, but you're not willing to do it for nothing either. Right. So the person that walks in doesn't see the difference between that work and this work. They don't know why you oppose to them, exactly. but they yeah. know that you're not them. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can't get there and you're not willing to go there. So this is the person that goes out of business. This is a tattoo shop that goes away. This is a tattooer that quits today. The beginner prospects are great. The seasoned veteran or popular, whatever, however they got there, they're there. They're doing great too. The middle is fucked. And that's why it's private studios because these tattooers open shops and then anyone that's decent leaves, moves, whatever, and there's no one left. And then they either have a shop full of apprentices or they mm -hmm. say, fuck this. I'm not going to keep doing this. I'm going to do my private studio thing. Yeah. And so, you know, you either have the $50 shop minimum or the $500 shop yeah. minimum. And where, where's the middle? And so, and I just think that there's there's less middle. And I think that um, a lot of the first tattoos that we would do, a lot of the walk-ins that we'd get, they might be going to everyone has a friend now. It's not special. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's just more accessible than it's ever has been. So I think, I think that's, what's kind of hardest. I think that, yeah, tattooing is bigger than ever, but, um, there's more of us out there than ever. There's definitely more of us out there now. I think the way to just differentiate yourself from them is just to keep drawing. If you're not drawing, you're not doing anything for it. I think I do everything. <laughs> I think, I think it's not good enough to, you gotta, it's a, performance art slash, te slash technician job. Slash oh, dude, if like, you could be like talking to your client and have like given them a whole nother experience on top of the tattoo, shit, mm -hmm. you're guaranteed to probably bring that person back with maybe two of their friends. Well, it's like, you know, why, why me opposed to them? What am I offering? The next guy isn't already offering. And if I don't know the answer, the client doesn't know the answer. And then they're going to try someone new. And there's so many options. Like, why wouldn't you want to go out to the new restaurant? Like, yeah. why do you have to keep eating the same restaurant? Why don't you just change it up? Like, you know, collecting's <laughs> cool. It's fun. So it's tricky. It is. Yeah. I'm still honestly just trying to figure it out. The way I can do it, the best way I can do it right now is just to try to put my stuff out there. And if hopefully someone gets it, that's cool. If they don't, I'm happy to do their custom thing. The most guaranteed approach, I think, is just is to 
as corny as it sounds, just work harder than everyone else. Like, you yeah. know, like I know that I can't be the best, but I could like, it's like we I were could talk- paint more than you. I could draw more than you. I can make mm-hmm. more of these videos than you. I could, well, you just know. like we were talking about earlier. If you like, if you're having a hard time with getting clientele, if you're not tattooing them, then you need to be there earlier. You need to stay there later. Mm-hmm. It can, it's not like when you want to leave. Sometime, yeah, it's not on your time. It's not. And until you have the clientele and like booked all day or something to do it, then right now that's not me. I can't do it. I have to. But even there. then, everyone has a story of it used to be like this. It's like, well, you used to work like that. Yeah. So it's like you you only get so much. You fill up the arm, and then you need you need that friend of a friend of a friend of. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting that word of mouth or a referral, then you're going in a downward trajectory. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like I noticed that going from Long Beach to Downey, like a lot of the people I was tattooing a lot of the same people in Long Beach for a minute, and I started noticing they were just like dipping off and dipping off and mm-hmm. dipping off, and I started realizing well, like well, I already finished that sleeve that they fit, that they wanted, and it was more or less custom what they wanted. But like I was like I right, finished that sleeve, I did that big project that they wanted, so like now. I got to build more. I need to bring in more people. Yeah. And just to like either if they if they don't know what they want to get into, I'm happy to talk to them and see as like show them different styles. Sometimes I'll go a little overboard and give them way too many options, but that's also me and like my weird right. OCD thing where it's like, well, I can do this traditional for you. I can do the single needle for you. Do you want stippling? Do you want smooth shading? Do you want pepper? Like, and then I'm going over nuts and they get a little overstimulated by that and just mm. like, but then we just break it down. That's like little by little. But then I noticed that a lot of them will start to just like trust you a little bit more right and i feel like that's i feel like i get more people coming back just to like know that i'm looking out for you as well i'm not here just trying to make a buck off you i want your arm your leg your head to look fucking good with a good tattoo right it's like i'm not just trying to make a quick buck so then you end up you end up uh the shop you're at now it's called firestone i'm at firestone tattoo now yeah um i know i i was going back to into downey uh, just to be closer to home and my f- uh, one of my friends Omar he just uh, he ended up contacting me saying that he didn't tell me like oh like like oh uh, like I have a job for you I was like hey I think you should apply like we're looking for someone and I think you'd fit well mm-hmm. and I was just putting just two and two together just like the, I'm not only not only just for the fact Downey right next door to was Bell Gardens that's where I grew grew up as well simultaneously like I was living in Linwood but I went to school in Bell Gardens lived in Downey for a while so I just felt like this is more or less home for me yeah totally full circle like growing up did you do you recognize the place that you work at now like any landmark type situation a little bit more I feel like I'm starting to understand like view the city that I've lived in for a good minute more in detail like now I'm starting to walk around in it where it just feels like this is comfortable. Like this is where I feel like I should have been for a long time. I love that. Yeah. I feel that way about, about my shop. I got my first tattoo there and I was always around on that street, but I never worked in Riverside till yeah. I opened United Wayne. It was everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you commuting everywhere yeah. else. And then now you're, you're kind of home. Yeah. Like I think San Pedro was probably the farthest. Either that or orange, uh, city of orange was the farthest. I was like maybe 30 minutes out downtown LA will sometimes be a little bit of a hectic like situation but yeah being back in Downey is it feels it feels good it feels right and honestly when I was just always driving by that area, there was never shops in there there was mm. like it only became accessible for shops over there just like within the past two years yeah so is that kind of why it's, is that one of the only shop how many shops are in your town it's blowing up there's definitely more shops there's at least two more around the corner from us that i can think of supposedly there's so just more in the floodgates are open or what possibly if you got money probably you could get in it's just the i'm noticing that a lot of it is just not solid like 
I want to not say it's all tattooing, but it's just it's just different styles. Like I feel like we're kind of being like the traditional shop, but we're trying to like access have access to everybody what the style that they want to get. But then there's another shop that's just primarily doing black and gray. There's another shop that's just doing anime. And it's mm. almost like shops are just becoming that niche thing of the private studios, at least where I'm at right now. Uh, I can't even imagine how many private studios are in the area. Just people just doing their own things, very specific tattoos. But it could become full circle. Like it will. All right. So when I started tattooing, I saw a glimpse of, of what people, I, mean, I don't know. It's different every town. Mm-hmm. But when I started tattooing, learning how to tattoo in Corona, um, there was like Corona tattoo, fast lane tattoo, six street tattoo. And then in the Norco Corona border was, um, uh, trusted tattoo. And the Norco was uh zombie tattoo. And at that time it was very much so like when the piercer wasn't working at trusted on his days off, um, they would throw piercings to me at fast lane tattoo. Mm. And then I know that zombie tattoo would hook me up and throw them over to me. Mm-hmm. They would throw them over to trusted first months. They off, I would get them all from trusted and from zombie and then vice versa. Like they would, when I wasn't there, they'd throw them over to Daniel at trusted. And then Corona tattoo was its own thing. Cause it wasn't owned by a tattooer, but it was just kind of there the longest. And then Sixth street and fast lane were kind of like symbiotic in the sense where like, they all kind of started in the same shop. Both shops kind of happened around the same time. Some people left to go there. Some people left to go back there, but everyone was homies where it was like, Oh, if you're gonna get lettering, you go to like fine line mm-hmm. Tino or Geronimo Rivera, or you go to like Vito or, or big John. And it, Oh, if you want like traditional, you go to, um, good old Grego or sailor Mike or John Von Peso. Like there was people that, and everyone got together at the same bar and mm-hmm. it was like, that's cool. Yeah, and I feel like That's it was it was cool. it was really neat. And I, and I think what I'm getting at is like with everyone being so special and everyone's so unique right now, I, I think that this could be an opportunity to create some kind of community where, you know, maybe you throw a bone and throw a tat to the anime shop and then the anime shop throws the the black and gray traditional tat to you and then you know, like I don't know, it's just how do you get there when it's so disconnected? Like how do you come together like I don't know. It's different now. I do think uh, I've noticed I've had some people uh, say to us that they were sent from the other shops to us, like if it was traditional. That's the beginning. That yeah, could be a good so, thing. Yeah. That, so to me, though, like, OK, that's cool. Like, I'm glad there's not like no fucking like drama just going from bullshit to bullshit shop, whatever, like word of mouth type of thing. I don't care yeah. for any of it. But right. I feel like it's so um, I don't know. On Riverside, it feels so like disconnected. Like, um, do you think it's just more spread out? I think every shop is just doing their own thing. I think every everyone's shop, just trying to just fucking stay afloat. Uh, yeah, I think there's not enough to go around, so I think yeah. everyone's just trying to fucking keep what they got. You know what I mean? It's kind of like I, I don't know. I don't see. Um, I don't know. I, I do have a couple people kicking some stuff my way, and I take note of it and I throw it back. You know, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it what what it was for that period of time in Corona then. You know, and I know. Uh, but that's the thing. I said every every fucking town is a completely different thing. Yeah, that's what I'm starting to see. Like, uh, like, like compared to the anime shop, like we had, we had some people come in that just wanted to get tattooed. I didn't have time for all of them. I took I took on a few of them right before we were closing. I was the only one at the shop, but the others ended up going to like another shop just to get what they needed to get. Yeah, and that's just the way it goes. If you're not there, you're not going to get the work. It is what it is. Yeah. So, so how long you been at Firestone now? 
Firestone. I've been there. This uh, hasn't been crazy long. I've been there since June of 2023. Okay. Yeah. And how long has the shop been there? The shop's been there. It's coming on to its two years. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming on to its two years and like maybe I think June. Uh, no, not June or July or something like that. I got to double check. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's coming on to its two years, so I'm excited about. That. I'm excited to be a part of it. If it, it feels, it feels like something where I'm like still in the beginning of something, and I think there's just good potential to be there. Like I just, to me, it's just like I feel like word of mouth has just gotten around the whole city of Downey that there's shops around. Now everyone's starting to figure out like which one to go to. It takes it takes a minute. Yeah, yeah and that's totally fine. What I'm trying to do is trying to be there and just try to tattoo as many people as I can in the area, so that way they tell their friends. <laughs> How long is that commute now? Oh, dude, the commute's great. It's like five, ten minutes. I'm usually late, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's the dream, though. That's the dream. Like, I'm, I'm ten minutes on the street. Yeah, it's great. And then I think I'm like, uh, like eight minutes on the freeway. I'm four miles from work. I'm trying to figure out a way how to get closer to yeah! the shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, when we got this place, like the only thing wrong with the place that wasn't a little bit closer, like it's, it's. 10 minutes here like if i wanted to come and eat lunch it's like okay well yeah i drive 10 minutes either like mm-hmm. 30 minutes but then it ends up being longer like i wish i could be like a stone's throw away exactly yeah i'm like i'm trying i'm thinking like that scary movie one vibes where he has the trailer right outside the <laughs> high school and he's just like all right bye guys bye 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 all right yeah. straight into the shop <laughs> i saw there was a house we were looking at that was literally like if you're at my shop we're at the stoplight of harrison and magnolia and so you could see the stoplight if you were just turn like left or whatever mm-hmm. it'd be just two streets down like skateboarding right Dude, if I, wanted, that'd be I could go i could go poop at home yeah <laughs> isn't that the best that's the dream yeah i i'm serious i seriously try to go home every time i can when i do gotta go yeah <laughs> i'm still close enough for that so it's great home is where the dumps are mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i um it's uh, that's another thing that i learned well not learned but like one of the guys i was learning uh that was telling me when i was working at long beach teaching I did, how to dump right teaching me how to dump properly <laughs> you usually have to lift up your knees above your knee above oh. your shoulder length and that's usually when full dumpage goes down Primal. no but <laughs> <laughs> when i was working in long beach i did live there for a little while mm-hmm. i i moved out there it was like the shitty little studio apartment um but it was it was cool just being that close and because of it i was at the shop like almost like seven days a week even my days off just to be there i was like i ain't got nothing going on i ain't got no ac in my apartment so i'm gonna just go to the shop and sometimes yeah and it's it's literally has been like home away from home wherever i've been working at it's like definitely like the place where i'm definitely going to talk to everyone see what's happening trying to get something done or just even just my getaway a little bit i think that's what like uh a tiny ass town and a big city have in common. It's like everything's right there on that street. Everything's yeah. accessible. But when you live in like, like, I don't know. I feel like Riverside is not a condensed city and it's not a small town. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you have to car have to have a car to get around and everything's like everything's close, but everything's kind of not super close. Like, like uh, do you really want to walk like a solid right. twenty minutes? <laughs> like, it's not really a walkable place. I mean, there's there's neighborhoods where like you park, like yeah, you walk around downtown, but you drive, yeah. then park, then walk around downtown. Uh-huh. So I think there's I don't know. I definitely envy the smaller town or the more condensed. Area. I feel like the benefit, like the reason why I think I'd be like, Oh, LA sucks. is cause like LA traffic and just, oh, yeah. you know, like that sucks, but pretty bad. yeah. But I think if you find the right neighborhood where you're like, okay, I live in that apartment, but my coffee shop I go to is right there. The mm-hmm. Trader Joe's right there. My gym's right there. My shop's right there. Then you just live in that one neighborhood and that's what a city's supposed to do. Yeah. It's like provide to you. Then it could be awesome. But the only thing that sucks about that is feeling like, trapped where you never leave that block i have 
met one guy when I was working in downtown LA. He didn't have a car. He was from up north. And I just went up to him like, hey, how long has it been since you left downtown LA? I mean, just downtown LA. He just looks, he looks up and like, oh, I think I've been in the city for about a year straight. Yeah, he has that's, that's not what... left downtown LA. And I was like, how the fuck do you not just leave? Like, it's... You, uh, everything's here but I was at the same time like everything's right here I would want to get the fuck out every, every now and then <laughs> yeah I think I think it's what like some, it's like New Yorkers are like that some people never left their borough mm. you know but I think like, that's wild to me <laughs> uh huh I think that's why I like Riverside though is cause I'm I'm close enough to go anywhere and do anything where I don't have to live there and be stuck in just that thing yeah but it's nice to not have to choose yeah Although I, I think the one side, it's not even something really to complain about. It's not even a complaint. I was like, I just kind of miss having a little bit of a commute so I could have a solid playlist on the way home. Mm. Just like having your solid song, your solid artist, whatever it mm. is you got going on, just to like decompress, turn the mood from like bad to good or whatever it ends up being. Because now I only got like one song to choose on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I better make it a good one. <laughs> I think that's what I like about um, with my San Diego shop is like I, I'll listen to a full podcast yeah. on the way there and I'll and I'll eat my I'll eat like a I'll, I'll treat myself, you know, like I was just there on Saturday and, um, I went there a little early and I got like, I got some food at evolution, this little vegan drive through, like right down the street in Hillcrest and my shops in Bankers Hills. So it's right there. And then I park, I'm at the shop and then, um, and then, uh, Oh no, you know what? I fucking really treated myself. I went to, uh, Ben and Esther's. It's like a vegan Jewish, like bagel spot. And I got like, a drip coffee and like a bacon and cheese vegan bagel thing. And I went to the shop. I set up, I did my tattoos and then it was like, I did them pretty quick. It was kind of early. It was like six o'clock. I'm like, I don't want to sit in traffic. Okay, fuck it. And then I went to, um, kindred. It's like a vegan black metal themed bar. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and then I, I, I had like a really nice dinner and then on the way home, it took like an hour and a half, but I I had like a nice podcast and I got home and I'm like, that was a really nice little day to myself, you know? Yeah, exactly. I honestly, I just, that's one thing I do miss. Like I'll definitely try to put certain songs on in the shop and just get a certain mood going, but there's nothing like just having like your own spot, like on your own playlist, just taking but every that day, <laughs> every day would be a nightmare. It's, it's, it's like, you every gotta, day is pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, it's special because it's not every day. Yeah. 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 Now what I'll do is like, I'll go get my own coffee like in the morning or something and walk around like because we're right by downtown Downey. So there's like a bunch of small businesses, which I love that. So I get to like walk around whether it's for lunch, for a coffee and just kind of just like get a breath. But at the same time, meet people around the area. It just feels homey to me. Yeah. uh, I like it. Is the so would you say like what's your take on the whole uh, post pandemic uh, war? mongering epidemic less money to spend on tat time like do you think it's slower than it was back in the day is it something new is it something the same like how are you getting by right now what's it like for you in this thing i mean well i, th- I think right now people are just honestly saving either i'm all trying to save and just holding on to like their money when i when i don't honestly blame them especially it's 2024 not to get political but it's a, it's a fucking election year people will start getting a little weird in that time whether which side you're on i don't give a shit mm-hmm. um right now i'm noticed at least right now at least at that shop i'm noticing a lot either they're extremely young with maybe 100 bucks to spend and they're just trying to get what they can 
as much as they can for a hundred bucks. Mm, yeah, and a lot, then, lot of them are calling calling for the shop minimum, assuming that everything's the shop minimum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> plenty of those. Yeah. It's either that or plenty of piercings, and then they never seem to ask about my maximum. No, right? I was like, dude, do you want to know my day rate? I will give it to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna throw that one in there next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's either that or like they're just you know like people that already have like their family, they already have their things settled down, so they have a little extra to spend. I'm not really seeing too many people like just people my age or just like everyone's my struggling my age just to afford like their rent and stuff. Like yeah. the tattoo is, I mean, it's not a it's, it's not a necessity. Unfortunately, it's a luxury. <laughs> Like, I also think that, like, um, I think I'll, I'll I'll say my generation, the next one too. I think that there's like a little bit of imbalance of like responsibility, though, like a lot more credit and a lot more living off of debt than it is mm. like. Like I think, I don't know. From my personal stance, when I grew up, we would have like McDonald's or Baker's or Del Taco once a week, mm-hmm. and we we'd eat at home. I was hungry, so I had to go home to eat. And coffee wasn't like, uh, wasn't like a, my dad drank Folgers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Starbucks was candy. No one gave a fuck. It wasn't a thing yet. You drank it in the mall sometimes. I, I, it w- had not taken over yeah, for real, you know, like this whole coffee culture is like a new thing I feel. But, but what I'm getting at is I got clothing, um, for back to school and mm-hmm. I got some stuff during Christmas, you know, but I think that now it's like, um, people will get their coffee every single day and then that's one vice if they smoke or fucking smoke a like a robot dick that's the second vice right Mm -hmm. and then you know they don't make food at home so they're eating out multiple times a day yeah and then especially now like like the price of like for just what i bought like some soda some bag of chips and like some peanuts it's like 50 bucks (laughs) well that's the thing right so it's like if you spend if you buy um and especially if you're like Ubering, that's expensive. But if you're just living oh, yeah. outside their means, like just to just to live within their means, like if there's like, you know, 10 bucks at Starbucks and 10 bucks on some yep. cigarettes and then, you know, 20 bucks on on some lunch and now they're at 40 bucks. Right. Yep. And then it's like, oh, they're going to get go and get a snack, whatever. And now they're at 50 bucks. And don't and forget they wanna, gas. They need to yeah, get to their places. And they're at 60, 70 <laughs> bucks and they got to eat that night. And they're at a hundred bucks. And yeah. they only made 60 bucks that day. So they're forty dollars in debt now mm-hmm. for one day, and then they might have a car payment of a car they shouldn't even be having payments on. They they should be driving, not what they're driving, <laughs> right? Or they'll put on a credit card. And so I think people are like, I think people just don't. I think they're pretending like they have more than they actually have. It's yeah, it's that social media game where just. I don't think like, things are better. I think people are just kind of worse. I don't know. Yeah. I don't th- know. I think we were talking about that earlier too. I was just like, everyone's pretending to be something on social media where just like my life is this and it's constantly, well, I need to make sure to cater to my media that it's still that lifestyle. It's like, who cares? When I started tattooing, I remember you weren't like allowed to do that. I got, I got slapped in the face. I still feel weird about it. I mean, I got, I got slapped <laughs> because I posted $300 on my MySpace one. Oh really? Yeah. Shit. When I was learning how to tattoo, it was like, you never show your money. And I was like, Oh shit. You know? I, and now it's like, people only show their money. You know, they only show right? their They're just like walking around Floyd Mayweather, but they don't even have most of the table done. They just got that one stack, but it's only $1 bills. Yeah. <laughs> and it just seems like it's so counterproductive. Like no wonder everyone wants in. They only see my vacations and all the cool shit I do. Exactly. It's like, well, if I get into tattooing, I can draw, I can do something else. Like it's, not the same thing it really isn't and not only that it's just you have a duty to uh, an obligation to this person in front of you they're expecting something and if you're just over here just like as a hobby or something like well well it came out all right well, i was like tell that to the person because they got to live with it now it's our fault for showing the wins we need to show the losses 
When yeah. you when you show the slow days, you know that's that should be the live stream is just us struggling on the drawing preparation for like you so they can see this is a three hour live stream. I'm still fucking off on this drawing. It's two a.m. and I have my appointment at noon. <laughs> right for real, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think um, I don't know. I think, but even the things you said are kind of like that can be to blame for always. I think I think that all right. It goes back to us saying I think that. I think that just making good tattoos isn't enough anymore. I think you kind of have to, if tattooing is a hustle, you have to be a fucking hustler and, and everyone's clued in and everyone's hustling. So mm-hmm. it's like, you gotta, yeah, you gotta have a little bit of a stand up routine at the appointment. You, you gotta, gotta be able to stand out in general from you, everything. You gotta take a good photo. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta post it. You gotta make people care about it. Like it's just a lot of things. And I think, um, I don't know. I'm fairly kind of competitive with this thing, but I could see, I could, I mean, I get overwhelmed. Everyone's overwhelmed with this career. It's a lot to fucking take in. It's a lot to do. It's especially if you're trying to cater to everyone, every single style. It's, it's ongoing. Then now with like the whole AI thing coming into it is. Ooh, let's talk about that. Yeah. With AI, it just seems like, I mean, it seems like another double-edged sword where it's just going to be like, Hey, well, I didn't know what to what tattoo I wanted, so I generated this thing on AI, and it's this. Has that fucking, happened to you? Not yet. I'm waiting for it to happen because I'm curious to see what design the computer sends Damn. me. Because I mean, it might not be a bad thing. I mean, it might make it easier for someone just to explain what they're trying to do. And if we they could, if they come in, and AI give a clean line drawing and a color. Uh, that'd be like okay. Yeah. With AI, like knows the going rate, and it's like oh yeah, you should like. That'd be. It was I was accurate. like, it's not gonna be a bad thing, but then you're probably gonna get some people with this crazy fucking AI description of I don't know what, and they're gonna be. I want this. I was like, well, look, I can do this for you, but for tattoo, I need to change something so that way it just manages for skin and just longevity purposes. Wrong. I have the line drawing. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I was like done. All right, cool. All day special. <laughs> did you see? Did you see that there is a robot doing tattoos that aren't bad right now? That sounds fucking terrifying, though. Legit though. Like so. So we were talking about this at the shop. Me and Vin were talking about like, oh, we have the last job. That's like a working class. You know, you can't replace it. It's handmade. This, that, blah, blah, blah. In our genre of tattooing, I believe so. Yeah. But micro realism people. You're Ooh. fucked. You're fucked because this thing, it's small, and I think it only it's does not so much surface. Like it, it's a workaround. It only does small tattoos. Yeah, and oh. it's like, and I think it has to be somewhere flat. I'm assuming like yeah, forearm, right? Be. But the client only wants it there anyways. So I don't know if it'd work on fingers or knuckles or weird funky shit that they want. But if they want the the photo was a little rectangle of a of uh, who's that? Who's that girl? The the most famous painting ever. Mona Lisa? Boom. Yeah, that. <laughs> and it was just the eyes in a rectangle. And it was uh-huh. like a little micro-realism, like pointillism dot. And the robot did little series of dots, like a little ditto paper thing, and made a really clean-ass tattoo. And it looked like the tattoo was a healed photo. That really? It was healed, and it was good. And it was like, it was good enough to where it could do stuff that maybe we can't do anyways. And it, and it, you'd be losing the client to the, to the robot that you... I don't know. I'm just going to buy a fucking robot and then I'll have the robot in a station. So when they right. walk in for that thing, I'm like, okay, cool. That's the robot. And then, you know what I mean? Just slip into a slip a hundred into the machine. It'll give you all your Pinterest desires. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it was, it looked impressive. Um, that's also re- hoping that that client sits a hundred percent still on it. Doesn't reach for their phone or anything. And like, what happens if that thing just gets stuck or just stops working, but still like just in that one spot, just puncturing and puncturing and puncturing. Damn. Like, yeah. well, I think, all right, 
my concern wouldn't be that. My concern <laughs> would be because um, clients move on us. Whatever. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. I was like, I'm not expecting them to stand still for a ro- robot. If anything, they're probably going to be worse around a robot. It ain't that much different. But I think the concern is touch-ups. Can it touch it up? Mm. Cause you can't like, all right. Say you say you put a stencil on, and like, maybe it's half of a stencil, and you're like, oh, I'll line up the fucking. I don't know why you do that shit. I just line out the whole fucking thing if I had to. But yeah. if you had to, like, I seen people do back pieces and like finish a whole like the scan, like you know what I mean, like the reels. trunks. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yo, lining that up. Like, if they're just bent a little bit different, like, how do you yeah. get it to line? You know. So I'm I'm thinking like you know a touch up, touching up a no outline thing with no guidelines in that thing is already hard enough, but a robot touching it up when the client picks Shit, it the up. The robot better get it done on the first shot. If not, it probably doesn't have a second chance. Yeah. It's I like, think. unless it has some kind of weird scan tool and it could recognize where it's at, but then it's mm. like, how much are you really going to like invest into that kind of robot to get some kind of return on it? The, pr- the price will probably be even more than us. I'm cool with the robots. I just don't want to touch up their jobs. Hell no. For like those micro fucking tattoos. That's something I probably can't even see. Yeah, I'm good on that one. <laughs> but yeah, surgical precision, little tiny ass like Didn't, super like, duper bug pin times ten needles would be sick. Like run it, you know. Wasn't it like Battlestar Galactica or some something like that? They had like a robot machine. It was like straight up shooting like a laser on the guy's arm and stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like like a mom heart or something. <laughs> I believe it. Star Trek has predicted everything. Dude, yeah, I don't I don't know how that's gonna go, but I see multiple like multiple industries. Like, have you seen that three D printing? fucking building machine where it's just like oh with the cement the cement yeah i got into a whole rabbit hole of that one on youtube but just like, i love it dude the way that i didn't even think about it where just like well you can't just have cement pour out just gonna pour like it has to dry by a certain point like a yeah. quick time it's like there's so much that goes into it and that's for homes like someone on skin like i don't i don't know at least the, the homes are sick though the and they'll, sick, they'll yeah. leave they'll leave Shit, exposed to like <laughs> they'll expose like rounded corner yeah. walls like i I'm here for it. I'll, yeah, exactly. I'm all for this tech coming in. Bring no one it, wants like, that it. fucking job anyways. Exactly. And you still exactly. have the finishers and there's still so many jobs. Like, like it's it, going to be end up adding different kind of jobs. Just the old jobs that we're used to aren't going to be there anymore. And there could be old and new. You could have like these mm-hmm. like 3D printed cement walls with some like artisan like wood, like yeah. mid century roof that someone did do it by hand. And you could have like, I don't know, that contrast could be cool. Yeah, yeah yeah all that stuff just especially like this year in general like how how close are we to full self-driving cars when our clients could just take a cheap-ass uber ride to us they exist it's just us it's it's us driverless though <laughs> no well that's that's already it's just we're not far from it no we're there it happened it's gone it, it's you old news so? yes 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 <laughs> it's just us being okay with it. it's public perception being ready for it it's there. Mm. It's there. We're the ones that aren't ready. I've seen that shit already happen. When I was a uh, years ago, like at downtown tattoo, there was some like, uh, I thought it was buddy, but like there was some self-driving like car that was going around the block and you could hop in for a free ride and it would just drop you off around no the block. Shit. And it was like a promotional thing, just trying to get people to get in it and mm. go in and see, Hey, look at it, it worked. It yeah, avoided- how many people are going to go home and just like, I just got into a self-driving car right now. Mm-hmm. It was a promotional type thing, you know? And mm. so I think, um, I know yeah. I'm trying to remember didn't I think Google has their own version of it but they've like laid out the whole city so that way they knew where where everything was at. Google's one I trust because Google has you know all yeah they know every fucking street of photos of every single thing already. Google yeah. owns Waze. Waze is just like what they practice with before they bring it to the Google Maps app. So mm-hmm. I think like yeah if they had some kind of self-driving situation 
I like I'm hoping that. something like that just encourages people that maybe couldn't reach us, makes it a little bit easier for them. Because like I have straight up have some clients that just don't even drive. They don't have cars. I think, I think driving is gonna be poor people shit, and and then, and then maybe the opposite. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't figure. I'm still thinking about this. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting one too because I feel like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen suddenly, and I don't think we're, most people are really gonna be ready for it. It could go the other way though. It could you be. So? It could be. It could be something where you drive a car because you're a baller. Like you have a classic car, or you have a luxury car. See, that's but everyone another else thing where people are gonna buy a car to specifically rent it out or have it on trips, where people are gonna make extra income while their car is out driving for them. <laughs> Mm, well, there is like Turo. I mean, yes, you did that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and, like, we, right. and it was actually like a really cool service. Like we rented a, the same car we have, a Subaru Crosstrek in mm -hmm. Portland. And we talked to the people and they knew what our gate was when we landed. And the person pulled up in the car and they already have our information. Everything's mm -hmm. already done, right? So they pulled up to our gate. We come out and then like he's like, oh, yeah, I'm pulling up right now. And he just gets out and he's like, all right, walk around the car real quick. All right, cool. You're good. Take your photos if you need to. All right, here's the keys. All right, bye. And then we just left in our car. <laughs> and then when we brought it back. We just fucking told them where we were going. And he's like, all right, yeah, just drop it off. Um, drop it off in this parking lot of whatever. You don't have to even pay for the parking because it's only there for a couple minutes. Like they're oh, there. Shit. And they have like independent contractors that go up and just pick it up. So it's like you pulled into a parking lot and they swapped out persons. They pull out you know it was super efficient and i have a client who he drives for turo someone owns their car and they do that thing with it i don't know it's crazy yeah it's pretty wild dude. yeah i don't know the future is here man i think I'm that i think I'm we're living in the past you look at like singapore or china or japan and like whoa it looks like the future it's like no we look like the past no we do look like the past and i don't think a lot of us are fighting the whole future aspect of it I was like there was an industrial revolution at one point. This one's just going to be a technological revolution. I think. Revolution. <laughs> I think the I think the future is going to look kind of like I think Black Mirror kind of hits it really good where they'll have like a regular looking house, but the car is kind of futuristic, or the phone is mm. some fucking weird hologram. Like I think that I don't think it's, everything's going to be changed. I think we're going to have old ass buildings with new ass tech in them. I'm in a house from 1951, True. and I have 4K cameras streaming at a press of a button like this. <laughs> That's what the future is. Like we, I'm doing home broadcasting. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. and and a decade ago, this would be. They like, never thought that that was gonna happen in this house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no fucking way. Did you see the new thing? I, I think I just saw it today. Um, it's supposed to be like a new, almost like a new phone. This thing called Rabbit. I'm trying to remember what it was. Rabbit something. Hmm. But it was just like a little screen, like a little square box screen. It had an analog wheel, a button so you could like talk to it, and then a rotating camera for like front and back. And mm. it's supposed to be no apps. It's just supposed to, you're supposed to talk to it and just gives you, it's supposed to be like a chat GPI, like on like steroids and, in your point? pocket. It's supposed to be like, it, it, I, that's why I don't get it. Like to me is like, instead of going through apps, you just oh, like order me a pizza, order me this. And then it just has all your informa information saved and it just does everything. So it's more. Oh, so it's like you're, you're with Siri. It's almost like, it's almost like an assistant. It's really weird. Mm. But I was like, I can see that just happening more. But it just looked like a specific product that I was like, okay, this is something a little bit different. It could either take off or just do terribly. Well, I, I think like I don't, I don't really use like Siri and shit, but my best friend does a lot. I'll be in the car. He's like, oh, look at this thing. I'm like, oh, I can't. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on my phone. He's like, dude, it's right there on your steering wheel. Just press the button or just here. And he presses the button. He's like, say you want to go to whatever. 
and it works yeah. like every time. And I forget that it's even a feature. Yeah. And he's like, "Why don't you use this?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Like soon, like they're just gonna get uh, people think are just gonna get, not want to go through all the apps. They just want to just all right, do this, do that. All right, cool. Put the, put it down. It's just gonna be a little ass device, and it kind of seen the way it's going. It's pretty crazy. I like the idea of me because I'm like fucking autistic or something like that. But I, <laughs> but I like the idea of like uh, alternate reality, like having like I've seen like like a like full color pass through on a VR thing where like maybe you have your VR thing on you don't wear glasses right but it's set to your vision right mm -hmm. and you have badass cameras on the outside of it so you could just like see everything perfect while you're wearing the thing oh, I see right what you're yeah and then you could and this is kind of what the Apple thing is gonna do where you can have the window open right mm -hmm. so I think the coolest thing would be like if you're watching a cooking video and you set that shit playing on loop as you're actually fucking cooking, you don't have to look oh, yeah. over at anything. You know what I mean? That'd be pretty sick. Or like imagine like tatting in the metaverse, like having your <laughs> reference, having your line drawing, and then like the lighting's always fuck you can tattoo in the fucking dark, doesn't even matter because that's just and you could just tattoo while wearing that. You never have to look away at all. Crazy. Dude. We could probably be watching a movie simultaneously at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah, dude. You'll be like in public, like watching porn while fucking doing your taxes. Like while doing homework, while driving. Well, the car's driving, so it doesn't the car's, matter. Yeah, the car's yeah. driving. And while you're at it, you're just sticking your arm into the glove box and getting a tattoo. Damn. <laughs> have you watched Have you watched Upload on Amazon Prime? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, that one was kind of fucking trippy, too. How many seasons you get through? Only the first. Oh, you're fucking out. There's Is three. It, there's three. Uh, that's good. I love it. I love the concept of it. That, it, one, that one felt really good. And the self-driving car, like how he... he Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> you, he die, he, he gets in an accident, which people don't get into. So it's almost like a conspiracy. Like, wait, how are you in a car accident? Oh, shit. Because cars don't get in accidents in the future. Right? Yeah. You, I mean, it sounds right. Like, you figure if all of them are connected or something, you think they'll be aware of each other to avoid each other. But that's the battle, right? It's like, is it Tesla that wins? Is, is it Google or is it Yahoo? Is it, you know, like, who's... Who do you bet on? Like what, what's the mm. one? Because I don't think it can be all of them. I think, I think the benefit is we're going to want the Google car that has the more information. Like we're not going to Tesla one. It only has Tesla hasn't had, hasn't had like their own electric car yet though. Maybe Either it's, that or it's behind closed doors and they're just kind of like waiting because right now it seems like Tesla's just taking it. Like there's other car manufacturers popping up and other ones seem like they're getting already with their like who to be like the thunder was it the bolt from Chevy or something? Like I think that? I think the future of it is not the car company doesn't matter. It's I think Google would sell its tech. So like you know how you mm. pay um, you pay f to have your car have Apple CarPlay in it, or some yeah. cars would have. And I heard I heard Apple's doing that because they're thinking Apple was gonna make a car, but it seems like they're just having like really good like some cars will have full on Apple shit where the screen is all an Apple screen. Oh, okay. So like, it's not like your Apple CarPlay doesn't kind of work. It's like your car has a big ass iPhone in it with all mm. the shit in it. You know? So I think it's like some cars will be Android. Some cars will be Apple. Some will <laughs> use Google maps. Some will use fucking whatever the pro like, you know, Tesla's only using Tesla maps and Rivian's only using Rivian maps. Yeah. But I think there'll be like deals struck in the future where maybe you can only get Apple maps through this car. You can only get Google maps through these type of cars. Like just saying. like how, like, you know, this restaurant only carries Coca-Cola products. This restaurant only carries Pepsi products. Okay. I can see that being kind of where it's going. Do you think we're going to get those underground tunnels? <laughs> uh, I don't think, I think I don't, 
think they're the solution that he wants them Seems to be. Seems like a lot of work to do some yeah, shit like that. I think... I think they're still struggling with that whole Vegas tunnel right now. I think they're just trying to do one tunnel from one end to the other, and I don't think it's even open yet. I think they've been working on it since, like, what, 2018? So I don't think it'll alleviate traffic. I think it'll be a baller alternative. Ooh, okay. It'll be like, you know, okay, you can stay in the, you could go on the streets, or you can go on the freeway, or you can go on fast track, or you could pay to go on this toll lane, or you can pay to go through the boring tunnel. And like, damn, the boring tunnel is like the price of, price of a fucking plane ticket. And it's like, well, I do value getting over there right now. Yeah, because they're resistance. like trying to get cars to be going like, what, 90 to 100 or something in that thing? <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's no stops, no turns, no nothing. So that makes sense, I think. I'm ready for it. But yeah. I don't think it's an every one thing. I think it would be, it'd be the, the boring tunnel experience would be the equivalent of for what cars are, if it was planes, it'd be the equivalent of, fly, of like private jet. Mm, okay. Do you think we'll still get the, what is it, that other project he has? It seems there? like it's just a really difficult thing where you could probably just put a fucking train. The same exact tunnel and, and pack a thousand people in yeah, that what bitch. happens with the bullet trains? I thought that was supposed to happen. <laughs> I don't know. Not here. That's what I'm saying. We're living in the past. Yeah, we're fucking catching up very fucking slow. Mm-hmm. I think everyone that I've met that's outside the U.S. said that our public transportation is the fucking worst, and I honestly believe them. Yeah, well, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's subsidized. It, it, it's set up in a way to make money for car companies, you know? Like if you, I if definitely you, missed my car when I had to take the bus. <laughs> they're just different experiences. And different, like, I don't know, I think... Although the bus did have certain characters on it, when I would take... Um, the with like the bus from East LA to my apprenticeship, I'd see like the same characters coming out of work. I would see like the same businessman pull out a straight up 40 outside of his briefcase and just start chugging away every single day. I saw him doing the exact same thing. <laughs> I love taking the bus when I had to take the bus. And then when I didn't have to take the bus anymore, I never looked back. I don't have to be somewhere on time. The bus is pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. Usually I'm late. <laughs> I mean, I did have a lot of experiences on the bus. I used to take, I used to take two different routes. I'd take the 15, which would go the length of Arlington. And then it would turn, it would go, and it would turn right on Magnolia and then go down to the mall and then go down to La Sierra and turn right again. Then back to Arlington, back to Magnolia. It would take this whole little triangle every time mm-hmm. and it'd go both ways. So I take that one a lot or I take the one, the one would go the whole length of market Magnolia to sixth street. So I take that one to the showcase theater and back. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, never back. Cause it's always too late. The bus stopped. Yeah. Running. But that's how I'd get there. But those are the buses that I always took. And there was some buses that I would take out to like Orange County. I had to like hop two different buses, get the chain reaction, and I have to just like sleep at someone's house and then find my way back or <laughs> the Metrolink to like Union Station and somehow walk around LA all night. Like I, 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 I those, cherish those, those memories. Those times are fun. Yeah, those yeah. times are good. I remember being stranded. I forgot which what bus we took, but we were going into like South Central. And the bus driver straight up just busted a U-turn. He's like, I'm not going any further. And we're like, we still have like, blocks to go to the show uh-huh. like we were supposed to be get dropped off like right around the corners like you guys get off right here and just walking through like south central like i don't even know what time at night it just felt so sketchy but at the same time i remember it lit- at least every bit of it until the point i started drinking that night and then i blacked out because it was my 18th birthday <laughs> i'm gonna tell you something wild so there was this bus stop so when i would take the one it would go all the way down to like maple and it would make a u-turn and then it would come kind of back and then um, that's when it would head back down to Riverside from Corona. And it would stop pretty much right in front of like where the showcase kind of was. You'd walk up this little thing because it was uh, on Main Street, but it was on. Yeah, doesn't matter. But the bus stop that it would stop at was um, there was like 
it was kind of like there was a there was the bus doors would open to get out right mm -hmm. and there was a tree right here and then there on and then there was the bus pole that said RTA and the doors would open so you'd walk right between them and sometimes people would be waiting like up against the tree or up against the pole so you'd like get to walk around them or, oh, or yeah. they would kind of encourage you to walk out the back and then so the people could walk in the front and um, for whatever reason only the front doors open and I was waiting at the front and there was a guy like leaning over like he was kind of leaning over um, like let me see I would say. All right, so this is the pole over here. It's laying like this. So he was like. Just doing his daily workouts. That's what he thought. <laughs> um, so what he was doing was he was leaning against his, he was up against the tree. And as we pull up to get out, we realize he's not wearing pants and he is pooping against the tree. No. <laughs> so when the doors open up, um, he's bent over right in front of me and the tree is right here and his, his butt cheeks are against the tree and his feet are kind of far away from it, you know, and there's just poop going down the uh, tree. So it doesn't hit his ankles. He's, he's got some, he got strategy. He didn't and have then, fiber. Didn't and I'm he? like, oh, <laughs> dude, and I was like, what? And then the, the bus driver like closed the doors and apologized and opened the back doors for me. But I mean, the back door was already open to me and the front door it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. It sucked. I mean, I don't know. It's a good memory now. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those are usually good ones. I'm trying to remember. Like, honestly, downtown LA probably had the most strangest times uh, just for random ass shit. I remember doing uh, some, like, leftover, like, Friday 13 tattoos from, the, the, like, the Friday or oh, the uh, Saturday right after. Mm -hmm. And there was just, like, four, like, nice looking girls. Like, they had, like, they, you know, they come from good families, whatever it is. Right. And some guy comes in and he's just, like, I could already tell. He's just, like, he's from, like, the, the whole area. He's, like, all dirty and everything. Comes up to the pony wall. I only see that he has, like, a plaid shirt on. And I could see, like, his just, just has no shirt underneath. But he's just talking about tattoos and everything. I was like, okay, yeah. Like, how can I help you, man? What's up? Like, what do you want to get? Blah, blah, blah. He's just like, okay, well, what's going to be this much? He's like, oh, okay, well, blah. And he just like backs up. And I realized that the girls all the way that were right behind him at first have scooted all the way to the corner as much as they can. But this guy backs up and I just realized that he only had that plaid shirt on. Nothing Whoa. else on. Just nothing else on. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you, you, I can't have you in here. You got to you gotta get, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, I can't have you in this. Like, ladies, I'm sorry. You, you, got, you can come in. You can come in. Just trying to make them feel comfortable. And he's just like... He starts sitting down. I was like, man, I can't have you sitting down there. Please stand up. Yeah, you got to get out. He's like, I'm not getting out on that. At that point, he was just like, all right, you know what, dude? I'm going to get the fucking bat. Like, where the fuck is the bat at? And my coworker just runs out of the shop. And I have no idea where he goes. But he, he apparently goes to the main building and gets the security guard. Mm. And they bring him around. And literally all he does, he just kind of like walks him out to the front door, puts a towel over his shoulder. He's still bare ass, dick out and everything, mm -hmm. and just leaves him in front of our door. And that was just like almost like a somewhat of a regular thing. People would Damn. always just like walk in, scream some shit, and just walk away. Some people would come in, hey, I just got this thing. You could tell like they just pawned it off or just like just stole it off of someone, just walked into some store and stole it. Like there was an art store right around the corner. So with those constantly, some guy like, hey, I got these pens and everything. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm I'm good. Dude. Good deal. I'm good. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Some cheap arches right there. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I have a friend. Um, I won't tell the story because they're gonna come on and tell it soon. But they worked <laughs> in Venice and and the that's got to be plenty. Yeah, stories. and they got they got some pee on their feet. Kind of no, uh, yeah, pretty hectic. Uh, I'm glad that never happened. There was plenty of piss everywhere in downtown LA. 
I remember just eating shit, like skating to the shop because I parked like maybe like two or three blocks away. And I just remember just like seeing the, like people just like loading up their stores and everything and just like eating shit in front of like everyone. Just like people that I knew him from the art store. Just throw pebbles Dude, in front of the shop. Like, I just swear <laughs> I got caught on a little rock or something and I just went flying. And of course, like everyone comes you. out like, oh my God, are you okay? I was like, I'm good. I'm good. Just fucking bloody a little bit. Just leave it alone. I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. I had good vibes over there. But yeah, there was something always just going on over there. Is uh things pretty pretty more like normal and downy a little more chill it's definitely way more mellow there's i mean there's definitely like every now and then you get someone a little bit out of the ordinary come in i've had like we've had someone just like come in and sit down just like someone homeless but just telling them like well we can't really be here but then i forgot my coffee in the front i was just like well throw that coffee away because i don't know if you touched it Mm, yeah (laughs) i was like i don't know if this guy took a sip out of it (laughs) it's been way it's 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 definitely been been mellow we had a lot of like um where our shop is located, it's like not far from the Tyler Mall, and that's where like the buses all stop. And there's mm-hmm. also like down the street, like from us, is like this like psychiatric like ward and all these city buildings. Mm-hmm. And I think people would like just kind of like, when they walk out of there or they get out of the mall, like they see tattoo shop with neon, like it's just like they just come right to gravitate us for, towards it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I think they scoot them along. Like I think I don't know. I don't know the fucking conspiracy and how it works, but but we don't really see. There's no like home bums. Like we see someone, you know, for that week and we never see them again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they get, and then it's just, I don't know. It's, it's very bizarre. But um, now we have like a security service. They came in and I think that the, the city was paying for it or something. And they, they gave us a card and they said, oh, if there's any issues, call us, whatever. And hmm. I think I lost the card. I mean, I don't know, whatever. But, but that car comes by our shop twice a day now. They just come oh, in shit. and come in our parking lot and they just leave. And it's like, and it's like, we haven't really had any issues. And it's like, oh, I guess, I mean, maybe they're just, I don't know what they do. Corral them into a different undesirable place. Like I don't, different city. fucking sucks. It's, yeah. it's just like, where are you allowed to exist if you don't? It's just weird, man. I, I don't no know one, the answer. Yeah. I, don't I, the answer. I don't think most people do. That's why they just keep pawning them off to another city. Yeah, I mean, I I noticed that when I like when I was before I left Long Beach, there was a lot more. We started seeing a lot more like homeless and like familiar faces. Mm. Like I would we would straight up see like this woman. She was like always like half naked and she would just straight up go to one of the vintage stores and just steal clothes, a couple clothes off the rack, walk away. See her then two days later doing the exact same thing. Have you had any ghosts from your past, like any homies from high school where you're like, damn, I know that person. Oh, man. No, they don't ever want to come by and get tattooed. They never want to spend money. No, but I'm saying like I have a friend, I have a friend like an acquaintance from high school that is like on the streets that I see. No shit, really. Yeah, it's super oh, sad. I haven't seen anything like that. I think the closest thing I've seen was I've tattooed someone from like my elementary school, and it was kind of weird. He was just telling me that everyone that we more or less grew up with in that time is all living in the same area around the same block radius they all have families they're all doing like the whole like the whole thing and i'm just sitting there i was like dude i'm just trying to figure out what the hell i want for lunch today like i I haven't even gone that far yeah (laughs) it's kind of trippy yeah my neighborhood like arlanza a lot of people stuck around there too like a lot of the friends that i haven't that yeah everyone's just kind of the same spot i think i don't know yeah, I th- I mean, it's just an efficient city, though. Like we said, you know, maybe it's a place where you don't you don't have to leave. You don't have to go far. And yeah, you have everything you need there. Yeah, I've, I've definitely learned to appreciate like more hometown within the past few years. I felt like when I was younger, all I wanted to do was just get away from it. And now it just feels like there's a reason why I kind of want to go back, like just to 
being more close to towards home. It's just there's a different feeling on it. I feel that. Yeah. I like I want everything I wanna like live in it, but I don't want to be in a hectic city either. Yeah, like I thought I wanted that back in the past. Like I used to have dreams like, oh I'll live in downtown LA and then when I started working in downtown, I was like, Oh god, I don't want to live here. Mm. Like it's not the fucking best place ever. And then Yeah, but like, the reasons why you wanted to then versus now, like when you're a kid, I was like, oh, I want to skateboard and ride graffiti and break mm-hmm. into that abandoned yeah. building and like fucking all these crazy stories. And I'm Stay like, up all night, go to shows, yeah. get drunk, like all that stuff. And now, dude, I just want to be home by, by, by like 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it for sure. <laughs> so so how do you – so maybe we'll, we'll wrap this bitch up here in a minute. But like uh, how do people book appointments with you? Um, Best thing to do is probably just hit me up on Instagram, Alex Holiday or Alex underscore Holiday um, or Firestone Tattoo on Instagram. That's usually the best. Or just walk into the shop. That's usually works good too. You Email. do you do DMs or you do emails? Um, I mean, everyone just always DMs me. Uh, but I mean, if you want my email, Alex Holiday Tattoos at Gmail. What's the preference? Uh, DMs fine. I, I mean, if you want to email me, that's fine too. But I'm just used to everyone just DMing me. <laughs> yeah, whatever gets them yeah. fastest. I'm fine with that. It's totally cool with me. I just want to be able to do some cool tattoos, meet some decent ass people and just have a good time. I'm not trying to fucking take a, everyone's paycheck. Any parting words of wisdom? Well, just stay humble. Just like appreciate what should be, what's being taught to you. And just remember that you're never really at your certain limit. You're always, you're, there's always room to grow. There's always room to learn something else. Oh yeah. yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Thank you. Dude, thank you. Got to come back to this. Ooh, the song ready. Let's do you're it. You're not ready for it. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Oh wait, we need to even get the horn in there. <laughs> oh, don't even. Do it. Right here. Yes. <laughs> Give it up. Thank you. <laughs> pretty good that's fun right yeah it was fun